On today's podcast, I'm going to do something a bit different. A little over a year ago, I made a podcast for After Image Productions about motels in Jacksonville, Florida, where I interviewed three locals about the history, the imaginative elements, and the tragedy of motels. With no interruptions of my own, my three guests go into detail about these establishments that we often overlook and the people that remain stuck inside. Please listen on and learn about the forgotten world of motor hotels. One of my one of my bosses, uh, his name was Scott. He would joke around about when you when you move into a hotel, or when you move into a motel, they don't give you a key. They they fulfill the desperation that you're carrying around with you, like a like like you have a you're a turtle, but your entire shell is empty, and you're just trying to constantly fill it. That's what he would say about the. That's what he would say about the hoarders. The scenes always varied. They could be easy, oh, he died in the bathtub, which is super common, versus um, the hoarders. Those were awful. <laughs> they were awful because it's not fun having to walk into a uh, a motel, especially in Florida, where somebody has hoarded their entire life. You know, what I actually find really interest, interesting about motels is they're so easy to overlook and they don't seem interesting. And like Mount Vernon Motor Lodge and, you know, the Joe next to Chopstick Charlie's and um, Gator Lodge and lots of places like that. Motels are these little squat blocks that you just kind of look over. But when they were new, I mean, motel is, is a portmanteau for motor hotel, right? So when they were new, uh, they were like working class hotels. So, for example, you know, motels a lot of times are, um, they're in the uh, uh, inner rings of suburbs, like what used to be the rural area right outside of a city, right? So, um, and as cities expanded after World War II, um, went through suburban sprawl, uh, they, the suburbs kind of engulfed the motels. So even like motels on Phillips Highway now are really, although it seems urban, I mean, they're outside of what, this, what the city proper used to be, you know. So um, they are kind of in yesterday's suburbia. Motor hotels now have this connotation of being, you know, seedy places where you can stop in for an hour and do things that, you know, nobody's supposed to know about. When you would go in, you could find the layout of the person's life in the motel from just examining what they, the, the well-worn features. So you can see where, as they would pass through the, they would pass through their, you know, the tiny, 
the tiny bedroom they have into the bathroom, you'd, you'd see how they'd touch the wall because they'd lived there for so long, they touched it so many times as they swung around the corner to go to the bath, to go to the toilet, uh, hand, uh, just dirty hand marks. And you could tell their patterns from where they sat on the bed because there was a depression in the mattress. You could see that, you know, they sat there all the time because they either died there or they were close to it when they died. You could see the well-worn tracks in the carpet as they moved back and forth through the different parts of their little motel room, through different next, uh, going from going from the little parts of their motel room to the other features that they brought along with themselves from their past lives, either from family or anything like that. One of them, a memorable one, was just a photo frame that. I mean, you can take what it would from you can take from it what you will, but you could tell that the person hold, held the photo frame often, rubbed their thumbs along the corners, looking at a woman in the photo frame, and they were just like what seemed like hours or years of just worn down wood. So there were there was a lot of, in my mind, depression trapped in motels. If we had stayed, we, we, we probably wouldn't be here with either. And, and we just spent one night there, but it was one of these things that, that it felt like we were living in a movie. You know, it felt like we were living in a movie. We, um, you know, we got to the place, they gave us the key, we went to the room, and, and when you closed the door, there had to have been a half inch of light that still came in on, on three sides of the door. It was all you had to do, you know, to take your hand and just tap the door and it would punch open anyway. And motels became a creepy thing. I mean, if you look at Hollywood, motels are creepy. They're not, they're not safe places to live. And then they're never safe because of the owners. And then you have the, you have the increase of Ramada and all the other suites that motels just can't, like motels are mostly family owned and operated. They're not, they're not these massive conglomerates. That's part of the, the reason that motels are interesting is that you know, you can only control so much, and and motels, you know, are 
are weak spaces. They're, they're open, you know, open access. But at the same time, it's extremely lonely. But not, not a loneliness as in, like, this is depressing and I can't escape it. But a loneliness as, no one's here, what do I do? Um, there, there's a certain degree of anonymity and freedom that comes with a motel. They couldn't survive the tin can camping, nor can they survive those. And so they become, they become safe havens for people who, well, the oppressed and the forgotten. What's the matter, baby, huh? Can't breathe? You better get used to that. One thing I think that would be, not, not that I care much for social justice, but it would be interesting to look at how, why motels are viewed as these creepy places where bad people pull into when really it's, it's places to keep people from withering into nothing. But there are common elements from hotel to hotel, kind of a common set of standards that you're going to have. Um, motels, motels, you know, have, have elements of that, you know, that you're, you're going to have a cheap bed, um, probably a cheap shower, you know, you might not want to get too close to the carpet. Uh, you know, th th those are things that are in common for motels, but, but they also have a kind of a sense of history that you can, you know, you hate to say it, but you can almost smell it in the air, right? I mean, I know of someone who, um, who has a professional career and uh, had an opiate addiction and lost her home and ended up staying in uh, a so-called residential hotel off of um, JTB, J. Turner Butler. Um, so ostensibly she was staying in a place that's for, you know, white collar executives who are coming to town for a while and might just need a week or a month or something like that, like an extended stay or something like that. So they weren't motels per se, but it was um, it was a temporary. I mean, she, you know, she, it was a temporary situation, and she felt like she was, and she was. She was just a couple of steps up from being homeless. You know, and she finally went into rehab, and I think a lot of the people that she worked with had um, no idea of what she had gone through. There was a guy who. Um He'd hung himself, but he hadn't hung himself in a normal way. The motels don't provide you with a lot of height, and so he'd gotten a he'd gotten a uh, extension cord and wrapped around his neck, and then squatted down, tied it to one of the coat racks, and just let his body fall forward until he suffocated to death. And the entire time he did that, he had the choice to stand up. And so if you're doing something like that, you're not, if you're doing something like that, it's not even, you're not even at the point of desperation. It's, it's, you are, you're escaping something because there's something too, too powerful behind you that you, you can't deal with or you, you can't choose to handle ever. 
But uh, you know, I'm sure that there are, are people in really rough situations who uh, are are hanging on and finding some motel here or there as as uh, you know a last stop. So he started to get kind of torn inside. How do you mean? Well, he knew he had to work to support her, but he couldn't stand being away from her either. Lassie. And the more he was away from her, the crazier he got. This has been an After Image production. The quotes you heard were from the movie Psycho, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, the movie True Romance, directed by Tony Scott, and the movie Paris, Texas, directed by Robbie Mueller. Interviews conducted by Jack Palefko. Editing by Caitlin Struble and Jack Palefko. Audio by Tianmo Zhang. We would like to thank uh, those we interviewed, uh, Michael Wiley, who sets most of his noir novels here in Jacksonville, Florida. Tim Gilmore, who is a professor at FSCJ and writes on local Jack's history. And Preston Johnson, whose life has led him to many odd jobs, uh, one where he was assigned to pick up dead bodies for the Volusia County Medical Examiner's Office. Special thanks to Jillian Smith. This podcast was edited and recorded in Jacksonville, Florida, 2018. This is a post-podcast edit to the credits. Um, Paris, Texas was actually directed by Wem Wenders and not Robbie Mueller, who was the cinematographer. Sorry for the slip-up. Thanks for listening. Have a nice day.